Welcome to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing Sabrina Runbeck. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So you are a cardiothoracic surgery physician associate. What made you go in that path? Yeah, such a great question. I think everyone going into medicine have their own reason. Um, the generalized question, all of us are, we are uh, servers, right? And um, that at the end of the day, what does that really mean to us? So for me, I got two bachelors, two masters, got into the world of medicine. And I did have many different opportunities where I was able to explore beforehand um, shadow experiences, doing training, rotation residency. And then I just realized I love to operate. I love the instant change where really when they come to us, that is the last resort. There's not much we can do at the point except to make sure they don't have a heart attack or if they do, let's do something about it to extend your quality of life by not having to huff and puff within five minutes of walking or truly save a life because if you don't get a surgery, we cannot guarantee how long you can still survive on this earth. So that's what draw to me to heart and lung surgery. So have you noticed any uptick since COVID uh, in, you know, procedures needed or surgeries needed? Actually, I don't see an uptake. It's actually decreasing. Um, since COVID started last year, we were asked any elective surgery to be not be operated. So patients are not getting exposed to potentially catching COVID when they're in the hospital. And so many different specialties have been cutting down. Now, our specialty is considered um, non-elective, right? We're urgent. You, you can't tell someone who have a severe coronary artery disease or aneurysm or in heart failure state that need to have their valve replaced, then they need to wait because we don't know what, how long they really could wait, right? It's a gamble. So for us, we continue to operate, but then at the same time, we wouldn't operate on someone before they have to get, let's say, a echocardiogram, the ultrasound of your heart to look at the shape and functionality or get be able to get a heart cast where they put a little wire, shoot some dye and look at the shapes and, and the caliber of each of the coronary artery around the heart muscle. So yeah, there are certain inhibitors from preventing us from actually doing more uh, versus doing and uh, seeing an uptake. So you, it seems, appears as though you've been an overachiever uh, since the beginning. You said you had two bachelor's degrees. I think you said two master's as well. Um, have you always had this work ethic that you had prior to burning out? I think so. I think this is ultimately what, <laughs> for many of us, um, we are so good at just getting things done. And if you have something in your mind, it, it, it's it's a con, uh, for sure able to be accomplished. But the problem is because that mentality of we can do it, and sometimes it becomes a false belief on thinking we're all supermen, super uh, women, and then you get into the realm of just keep going. Now, of course, it's a combination of society, how we grew up, um, everything. So it's not something it would be um, just shut down. Um, so I definitely was a only child. Uh, I'm the only girl. And all my family members, cousins, they're all boys. So in a family, I'm, I'm Asian. And it's very much of boys should just got it. And then girls um, more like, you're smart, do what you want to do. But uh, their idea of happiness is really just get married, um, have a good job. And it should be all 
picture perfect. And to me, that is far from picture perfect. So when I got down the road and discover what I like and keep going, then you just start feeling what you wanted. Right, like um, whether you go into cardiothoracic, which is one of the most intensive field in medicine, or any other field that become very uh, strenuous, it's not just the letters behind our name. It's not just the reputation of the hospital or organization you are part of or built, and it's not just the people surround you. It's how are we seeing each thing as. We're not robbing ourselves from our precious time, energy, and sanity. But I think that's、uh, the round that I went down. Is I just was always on, always doing something, until one day I just got really sick.、Um, I, and at the time, I don't think I faced me that much,、um, except that I remember、uh, waking up early in the morning, feeling just exhausted, and still. Went into the hospital, and until I start feeling that achiness, continue to cough while I'm still scrubbed in, standing in front of a patient, with my hands are inside of his open chest, and my nurses even were <laughs> pitying me and thinking, "Wow." That day, Sabrina was quiet, not good, and so they were passing Dayquil and cough drop under my mask just to keep me going. So next morning, of course, I woke up covered with night sweat. Fever didn't break. I had to convince myself that、well, I guess I really couldn't come in anymore. I just call. So when I finally talked to my boss, his response was. Well, Sabrina, you didn't stop to tell us sooner, and that is the first time I felt, huh, that's different. Like no matter how much we devote into something else, it still seems to be not enough. And then, to what point we in medicine always share about caring our patients, treating our patients with integrity, and Um, thinking about what they need ahead of time, be proactive. But at what point do we treat ourselves the same way? It was almost like he was telling you, "It's your responsibility. Why didn't you tell me sooner?" But you were under the impression that you're giving your all, and come to find out that wasn't good enough. Right. And I think it's also just different place have a different culture, and now I think all of us don't want to burden the rest of our team if we can't show up, and so this concept is not nuances. I'm sure all our listeners the same thing. You have the days where you ah, I don't feel so well, but I have to show up. If I don't show up, how am I gonna offload my project to someone else? And even I do offload to share to ask someone else to help me. Can they do as good a job as me? Can they do it with the time that I would done it, and not judge ourselves or other people for what results we can get, but actually trying to elevate together. So, have you found that people possibly tie their job into their self worth? And make them continue to just keep going on and on, even though they know they should take a break. Oh, for sure. So I was able to step back, really have that self <laughs> recognition of like what is going on. Like I、uh, have the friends, have the relationship, have the、uh, you know beautiful downtown house. What is going on with myself? Now I had to go back. To my root, which was neuroscience and public health, where I did research and thesis on self mastery, self efficacy, self care, and eventually it's about how do we manage everything. And then when I explore, start getting myself coached and trained, and I see that especially in positive psychology, and we talk about. There are sabotaging tendency that all of us have, 
right? And then there's 10 different categories. And one of them particularly is high achiever. And so some of our false belief is this persona of a high achiever. I want to get these titles, these certification, these um, managerial or the lead of our practice, whatever that is. But we want it so badly, it become if I don't get it, and then I'm less than, right? Like it almost like you're always competing with yourself for the next thing and it's never ending. And that creates stress in itself because we talk down on ourselves instead of thinking about what well, we already achieved so much. How do I enjoy my path to that level without feeling like I have to beat some type of arbitrary clock? It sounds like we need to question the reason for the things that we're doing or the goals that we're pursuing. Right, exactly. What is that goal that you truly want? And I think with many of my clients who are in private practice, one of the first things we talk about is can we redefine our desire? How come is that important to you? And what does that truly look like? Can we define success? Can we define freedom? Can we define joy and happiness? And if we can't even say it so specifically and detailed, then everything is too vague. And when people are vague, we're not clear and we're not honest about what we want. Guess what? We're always going to say yes to the next project, to the next patient to the next whatever is coming into our way thinking oh that sounds good if it's, it just sounds good then I, I should be able to do it and come to see at the end of the day you're just adding on yet another responsibility onto your shoulder but we are only human we shouldn't need to carry on the whole world on our shoulder have you noticed a, a difference in your mindset, pre-burnout and after you noticed that you were burnout? Right. Yeah, I definitely noticed the change of just letting things go. <laughs> and um, I probably can relate to many people on the things is you just are so hard on yourself. And at the end of the day, it's uh, one of the sabotaging tendency of just judging right and then nowadays um even myself and everyone I work with are just like just give a name how can we simply recognize our own sabotaging tendency it's not us we are all born pure fantastic right very easy to say yes and no and we were good at that point until everything started boxing us into what external stimulation society parents friends determined to be good so the biggest change i see nowadays is if i catch myself and if i am feeling like well um this month there's our 15 docs that i'm working with i needed to make sure all the assessments done whatnot then you start going back to the sparrow of is that a concern that you have for what you're doing, what you are performing, or are you actually judging, right? There's a different way of talking to ourselves and recognize situation. So even when we catch ourselves very early, at least we can stop for a moment, right? We can do neural remodulation or anything that put ourselves into a more peaceful and focused state instead of just fine fly response all the time. What's the key to recognizing your burn, you know, the burnout early on? It's taking that minute to realize there's a difference between reset and relaxation. And from my experience, people always say, Sabrina, I know how to take a break. Okay, it's okay. But many people are in that function or burned out state where they are stressed out, they're tired, they might be able to go on vacation, they might be able to get massages, get their self-care treatments in. But those are 
done very suddenly, right? And and then is you your mind is running thousands of miles per hour. Even people go on vacation. How many of us are able to completely unplug? And, or still saying to ourselves, oh, no, no, I like people really needed my feedback. I needed to be there. So you start checking emails every day, responding to messages. And even for those who don't, you come back to your office and to work, you have hundreds of emails you need to get through. So a lot of time people were just like, oh, Sabrina, I don't know how to do this. I have, I, you need to give me a whole week to just catch up. But that's the so reverse thinking. We should have strategies set in place that you don't even need to respond to those ancillary emails or messages because there are other people that can handle it. And there should be different ways that you set up for other people to know that everyone deserves to be completely unplugged. And while you are functioning every day, reset is now the same as relax. A reset is intentional, good or bad. We're doing something to put ourselves in the place where you completely refill your battery and not let a drain completely. Then it's harder to recharge. I often wonder why people who go on vacation, they have every minute planned. And, <laughs> yes. I'm, and I'm like, this is just like pretty much you're still at work on a time schedule, which is not relaxing at all. And it's almost like they're not aware that they're doing it. It's like they're on autopilot and constantly thinking about work and really never get that, uh, that, you know, that separation that they need from the job to rejuvenate themselves. Yeah, you're so right. And that tap into our other sabotaging tendency. In that way, one of them is being a stickler, right? Everything has to down certain ways to be perfect. And that concept means if I need people to show up the exact way that I want them to so they can deliver a result, then you have to be so controlling and managing instead of allowing people to have the ability to solve their own problem. And that is actually being an accidental diminisher as a leader instead of bring out the talent and skills in other people. Yes, we have to allow people to grow. And it's not, you mentioned that, it's not going to look like the person, the manager, or the supervisor way of doing it because they've probably done it for years and they have much more experience and just allow people to grow. And that's a part of being a good leader as well. It's not having your hands on every single thing. You have to empower other people and allow them to grow and just help them foster them along, just like a child. Nobody wants their child to constantly be dependent on them as when they were two years old and now 18 years old. You want them to be able to put on their own clothes. I'm talking about fu normal functioning kids. You want them to be able to put on their clothes. They'll be able to go to the store on their own, but that's all a part of it as well. Right, right. And it's part of our how we are brought up, I believe, for people who, let's say, were younger. Um, my mom was pretty much uh, a strict parent, but she's good in the sense of you have to determine what you want to do. So uh, during weekday weekends, if I wanted to go out, I wanted to hang out with friends, she trusts me enough to be the responsible person to come back on time to not get myself hurt, right? Like to, to find my own transportation and not have to rely on her. And that is a way for us to learn to be independent instead of being handed things to. And same thing, I, if you're someone who's adventurous versus fear of taking any type of step without so much calculation, right? And that's the hyper logical sabotaging tendency where some of us needing to know 100% what the result is going to be before we take any step. 
However, um, I believe Brendan Burchard even said this concept. It's not about having confidence to act. It's actually about taking micro steps, these little actions. Then we can build competency. The more that we feel good about all the actions, then of course we're gonna become more confident in ourselves, in those skills, and then we will do even more. Right? This is a cycle. But people, if we're too logically thinking, we need to calculate for every single consequence to stop ourselves falling. Then you lost the point. Growth is about okay to fail because at each experience is a journey, and that journey can still be enjoyable. We can still learn everything, despite how bad it turns out. It, you learn something from it, or you simply say, "It is what it is. I cannot control it. Therefore, at least I know I'm moving on, on with life." Yes, how it sounds like is how we. Interpret the things that we that happen. You know, if we think of it, oh, I messed that up, and oh, I'm never, and then the negative self talk. But if we look at it from a perspective, as you're talking about, of it's growth. Okay, keep going, keep walking. The moment as w- when we were kids, when we were learning how to walk, everyone didn't just stand up and started walking and never fall again, fell again. Some people. Most people began walking and fell down and the parents were encouraging and say, oh, they're walking now. They're telling their friends, they're telling their family members and uh, this baby is still falling down. But that encouragement to keep uh, pulling that child towards them. And then we have to learn how to do that on our own as we grow up in different areas, not just walking, but other areas as well. Exactly. And if we already know how to walk, then human beings, what? Like we want excitement. That's how we keep going. So we have to find what else can give me excitement. Maybe I don't know how to jump yet, but maybe I can just jump like one feet and feel like how that will do for me, right? I didn't want to land it. I didn't break a ball. So maybe I can jump higher. Maybe I can then do a jump rope. Maybe I can then go on the trampoline, right? And you do the steps-wise activity repetitively. And that's how we don't have to rely on willpower, discipline, or self-control. We know those are so short-lived. Why judge ourselves so hard for not having them? Instead, just know that we can change our perspective change our behavior so then things will be easier i remember reading this book several years ago i believe it's called how to uh, win friends and influence people yeah and it told the story in it about the sun and the wind and the wind they had a quarrel about who's stronger so the wind said I'm stronger than you and I'll prove it. You see that old man down there with the coat on. I bet you I can make him before you can. So the sun hid behind a cloud and the wind began to blow and it blew until it almost became a tornado. But the harder it blew, the old man clutched his coat. So after a while, the wind gave up and the sun came from behind the cloud and the sun began to shine and beam on that old man. And not before long, he took a neckerchief out of his pocket and he began to pat his brow. And a few moments later, he took off his coat. And the sun said to the wind, he said, gentleness and friendliness is far more effective than fury and force. And we have to look at that towards ourselves. We have to begin to nurture and be gentle and kind to ourselves rather than being harsh Because what I put into me is the only thing that will come out of me. So it comes out in the way I express myself to other people and my interactions with them. Right. You're so correct. It's about accepting I'm at the right place in my life. I can always have space to grow. And how am I growing is not to say I have to read all these books, listen to all these lectures, get another degree, right? We know there's a plenty of poor, intelligent people. 
And just like we don't know how to interact with others to bring out the best in everyone around them, right? Being the diminishers. So, for example, many of us uh, who have gone to school, whether you're undergrad, college, uh, and grad school, especially the professors in higher level, some of them are so and they have all these research and things. However, not many of them can actually deliver a lecture and break down the concept so simple, then you can just get it, boom, right? And so that's the idea of what are you actually doing? What are you adapting in your life? Are those things truly going to push you to the next level? Are you having a mentor for a specific reason? Right? I have someone who is my physical fitness coach versus there is a business coach versus there is people like me who are on mental fitness. We all serve in different purposes, but all of them has to come together for how I want to grow into what type of person I am with the true value that I hold, right? And instead of just thinking I need more because more and being busy all the time do not necessarily going to bring us to the next thing that we truly wanted or the next environment we wanted to create. So you're an international peak performance keynote speaker and you've been featured on Thrive Global, Authority Magazine, Fox, CBS, and ABC. When you were a child, did you see yourself uh, talking in front of people and being able to influence people and help them? When I was a child, I think I was much more artsy. Um, I was a dancer. I, I did singing, kind of did a fun thing. So that's why I also had a music major. And so being in front of a crowd was not really a big deal for me. But of course, we all get nervous. And one thing I always come down to, even for um, some of the clients who have now pivoted into can they be a speaker can they talk uh, around these big meetings it's about taking ourselves out of that situation it's no longer thinking are people gonna like me do they get me but taking into what are you there to serve how are you serving them right if we put our mindset is simply if i am not there to help them, to support them, to deliver these messages, then I'm doing everybody else a disservice. So we have to think differently instead of just so focused on ourselves and start criticizing, judging ourselves again. Now, what is that true message that you wanted to share? So when I was little, it was very much a show, uh, performance, dance recitals, all that. Um, didn't thought about uh, much um, big speaking, uh, but as I transition into recognizing what I could do better with my career, how do I fall in love uh, back to medicine again? And I see that all of us, yes, we might stress out, we might get overwhelmed, we uh, even people start going down the path of burnout like I did. But at the end of the day, it's not just about overcoming these symptoms, these troubles. We actually wanted to get to a better place. So how can we heighten and sustain everything that we have achieved and keep going with the momentum we can generate instead of being so excited about a project, about a uh, event, and then very quickly, right? Uh, <laughs> we can't keep going. Just like all of us have New Year resolution, how many people can sustain it beyond two months? So can you elaborate and expound a little more on mental immunity? Yeah, I see that physical fitness, when we build immunity against bacteria and against just like our current time, we wanted to have a good reservoir. Right? Our, and when we build physical fitness, it's not 
one day. You wanted to know what type of nutrition, different um, proportion of macros that will fit for you. And you also needed to figure out what type of physical activity or uh, a range of different activities that will best fit what you wanted to achieve for your fitness. So mine is the same way. Now, it's, we're not talking about uh, dealing with um, mental health illnesses, but actually it's about everybody on an average day. How are we able to prevent ourselves, build immunity from all the fires we have to put out, all the things that maybe annoys you, all the things that it doesn't go well all the time, and then you have to fix, you have to face reality. Not everyone has this same wavelengths of concept. So if we always going to face something, then let's not thinking about you stop and prevent everything from happening, but building a type of um, immunity where you have that defensive system, anything that can happen in life, you know how to respond. You know how to s slow down and diminishing those sabotaging tendencies so we can get out of our own way. And when other people or environment don't serve you the best, we're not being a victim, but we are actually being our own savior, being resourceful, tap transition, out of that being stuck stay and go into our empowerment stay of sage to be able to be creative, activate our own ability to solve things and be able to find the right people and say no to the wrong ones. And that's what I'm uh, thinking for when you're building mental immunity, the power of how you want it to show up and then what you can accomplish is limitless. It sounds like Things happen to us, you know, throughout our lives and different moments, but it's more of our response. Am I right? Right. Yeah. Um, just like the book, Extreme Ownership, at the end of the day, um, we have to take a responsibility for our own action, for everything that's happening around us. Just like what I did when I was crying, not not even crying wolf, right? Like I didn't have that many people on my staff. I'm one of the primary provider who have to see all these patients operate. Now, one of the lie we sometimes tell ourselves is, well, see, you have all these people that you have to help. You're responsible for them. And, but that's just the lie because we weren't allowing ourselves to see we're human. Everything has a limit. If you don't set boundaries, people will going to push your buttons and you have to be able to learn how to delegate, how to ask for help, how to create a system that will just help itself. And you don't have to spend all your time, your energy and sanity to fix everything. That's not the point of life. And that's not the point of how we are serving in this world. So I had to really see that guess what for the extra hours the calls everything i say yes to these i have to take responsibility for this so how do i solve my own problem let me propose different ways to bring in more people to have a different rotation schedule and to be able to talk to the right people for those things to happen instead of thinking well this is just not working right if we continuously tell us the no's they put ourselves into a, a state of I don't have enough time, people, resource. Then you, the more you think about that way, then the more you recognize it. Now, of course, life will be much more difficult than I can tell myself. Things will come. I will be so intentional and not know what feels good for me, what will produce the best result. And therefore, my mind is more open to those opportunities. And one of the concepts... Uh, one of my coach, uh, Darren Hardy, he is a uh, editor chief for Success Magazine, and he said the concept of all of us want luck, some type of luck. But how do we actually create luck? Is by preparation, seeing and accepting opportunities, having the right attitude, and then ultimately take action. Right? Like even for us, people can lend your uh, helping hand 
Are you going to say, "Oh, that's great, thank you," or we're gonna think, "Well, what do you want from me?" Right, and then you already shut down that door before anything is being explored. And if we don't prepare ourselves to master our own skills, and just keep thinking about like、um, things will land. I just need to want more. I need to just、uh, wish for more. I need to pray more. Then you're just waiting for things to happen and not intentional about. Grabbing this opportunity, and of course, we have to take courage, right? Have the right attitude to know that we can't calculate all the results. We can only help ourselves in certain ways to take logical、um, thinking in to help us, not to inhibit us. Because at the end of the day, if you don't take that action, the consequence may be too great that you don't want it to face, right? So we have to. Do something about it, and therefore these actions can be simple, can be small, but we have to be also consistent enough to see it through weeks, months, and sometimes longer. Just like when we train for those people who go on、um, marathon, right? And then I,、um, two years ago, I did bodybuilding competition. It's not that your body can and toned up within a month. It has to be so regimented. For you to build up to certain physique, and that's how life is.、Uh, training your brain to think differently. It doesn't take just one day or one week. It has to be consistent. That was my question. My next question: Is it difficult for people to overcome burnout? I think the first step really is to recognize: Are you in burnout? Now, like we have added burnout to I. Uh, ICD-10 diagnostic code, and and that just what we use to chart, right? And the first stage is that physical fatigue, mental fog, and you just feel tired all the time. You might have a cough and cold symptom that doesn't resolve,、uh, feeling achy, don't really know where it's coming from, right? And for most of us who relatively are healthy, you don't even. Think this is any problem, and then it's about the second stage. It starts to affect our mood, our emotions, feeling cynical. Like, wow, I'm doing so much, no one's helping me. Geez, how come you're taking so long? I'm waiting here, right? Like, start to become the person that no one wants to be around with.、Um, and then, of course, the end stage is the dramatic part where people start using alternative substance, alcohol. To try to get rid of that pain, and the suicide ideation for healthcare professional is two hundred percent higher than the average population. And COVID made it things even worse. One of the study, actually international study, looking into the U.S.,、uh, there are sixty five percent higher of of healthcare professional burned out in the U.S., but only about Forty-one percent of the large organization actually have support for、uh, how to overcome some of the barriers. So I would say, of course, men and female are different, right? Like end stages are the same, but female has the normal pattern of physical, mental、um, symptoms that go into the end stage, versus male will have the mental symptoms、uh, first, and then the physical effect before they go to end stage. The really number one, as we mentioned earlier, about ownership. We have to be honest with ourselves. Where am I? How do I feel my body? How do I feel in my mind? How is it different from a few months ago, a year ago?、Um, what could be some triggers? Should I start tracking my behavior? What irritates me? Right? Like you start seeing a pattern once we start tracking things. Then we can be honest about. Well, I guess I see what is not working. Let me do something about it. I was. I mean, those numbers are alarming. They should be alarming for people hearing those numbers for healthcare professionals. And I was thinking, who is when you really look at it? Who is helping the helpers? Because you know you're giving yourself to people that are in need, and then you are just giving and giving. Where is that time to replenish? And that's where you come in. 
but organizations also have to put things in place and let people know that it's okay to step back and things will still get accomplished. Exactly. I talk about that it's not about completely stop, put a halt to it. And because we know our restlessness in us going to feel like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with my time if I, you just tell me to do nothing? That feels weird, right? Like, <laughs> so it's not about like completely shut ourselves down. And that's why so many people are still checking their messages, emails nonstop on vacation. They don't know what to do with that time. And ultimately, it's they don't know what their time is worth to them. So you can say, oh, time is precious. But how do you define that? Right? What does that mean to be precious? How are you using your time? Now, one of the things for me is I help private practice owners and their team to get time back. Right? Most uh, on average can be 10 hours a week. But even you have that extra 10 hours, what are you going to do with it? Right? Have you even thought about it? It's not just good to say, oh, I, I can figure out how to streamline, how to um, get over myself or uh, whatever to better connect with the people so I can delegate better. But that delegation is just one out of five choices that we can have to be efficient, to be so focused. Uh, and it's about now that you have more flexibility, how do you value yourself? And that conversation comes into life is a will, right? Life is multiple different 10 components of your career advancement. Yes, that's only one out of 10. Uh, financial intelligence, personal mission, personal character, lifestyle, physical health, mental well-being, social support, love and relationship, and spirituality. So all, all 10, how well are you performing in each category? Are we so stuck in just gung-ho going for one or two things and we forgot about the rest of them? Now, in my case and some other people's case, if you're so devoted in your career or just making more financial stability, then you lost on how do you keep your physical health? How many of us say, oh, I just need to work out more. And then I'm like, great, how are you going to do that? And then the plan becomes so vague. And then, of course, our brain tells us, well, if I don't really know it, something else come into our life that's easier. I'll just do the other thing, right? And instead of breaking down to something so achievable that actually for you to have no reason not to do. Yeah. What, what are some self-sabotaging tendencies that you've uh, observed from people who you've been working with? Yeah, there's a, um, there's a few of them we mentioned, um, which number one is really the high achiever part. Um, and then the other one that's very popular, <laughs> including myself, is being stickler. Right? You, you see how you're based on your experience, hardships, you have learned a certain way and then you want people to go get certain type of result with certain way, right? And then it's the controlling. We feel like if only I know exactly the path and then I show people how to do it and if only they do what I want them to do, they should get a result. But that's just so difficult, right? Uh, every single situation is different. And if we expect people just to copy us, and we also know by many study, if we just spoke to people about it, 50% uh, of memory loss the next day. And if you add uh, speaking and demo, right, and then that increased significantly. And if you add additional both physical demo and ask that person to do it so you can observe their behavior, now it will go beyond 90% of memory retention, right? So it's about how are you showing people? Did you ask for feedback? Uh, same thing with our speaking with our patients. You, you don't just talk to them to say, you got to do X, Y, Z. But if they never thought about how to adapt those things into their life, of course, 
we have a lot of patient non-compliance, right? And some other things is that uh, in the medical professional, many people have pleaser tendency. Oh, I want to make sure people are taken care of and make sure they're happy. But if you're so much a pleaser, you actually lost a sense of self. You don't understand what you need to fill your own cup. Uh, and then part of the police are some people will default into that avoidance. Well, this seems to be suck. So let me walk away. Maybe time will take care of it. But we know time never going to take care of it. It's going to be in your subconscious mind. It'll come up later on. And then you'll be like, least prepared and still have to face that difficulty. Um, so those are some of the examples. Of course, we have other where we mentioned earlier about being restless. Right? We don't really know how to handle ourselves when things just allow peace and quiet to reflect. Uh, I believe that's why uh, people have a hard time to meditate if they've never done it or just allow themselves to journal when they um, have a peace, quiet, no alarm to think about what they truly need, how they want it to show up in the world. Um, and um, uh, we also mentioned uh, during our conversation about being too logical, right? Like if you have to calculate everything has a reason for everything, well, you can't explain everything in the world. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, and then there are people who are hyper vigilant. They're just constant warrior. One of my clients, she's like, Oh, yeah, you told me to take a break. And then I finally told myself to have a girl's trip. But then while I'm on the plane, I start worrying about what if we're going to crash? What if that? Uh, and now when I get over that thought, what if it doesn't land well? Or if I d don't land well, well, I have uh, 20 patients that I have to see on Monday. How am I going to go back to that? And uh, is my baby taken care of? Uh, is my husband actually doing the thing? It just become one after another. And of course, you would drive yourself crazy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so you've been on, you know, Fox, CBS, ABC. And in addition to that, you've been on Kevin MD, Thrive Go Global Authority Magazine, and uh, the Nurse Keith Show, Live and Live on Purpose Radio. So you also have your, you know, your, you host a podcast called Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals. How have things been going there? I think it's been great. Um, definitely TV media, what I learned from the PR world, it's very different from regular speaker world. Um, and because if you think about the news, it's all about relevancy. Uh, what is the thing that's happening now? Whether it's the holidays or event, right? The upsurge of COVID, we can use our knowledge to be experts. Um, to serve our community. And at the same time, the more we share the message, the more people will hear about it, and the more they can extract what is the thing that works well for them. Uh, I love my podcast as well. Um, I really talk about um, these key 10 components of life, and I interview experts on those topics. Um, because I believe that when we're in school, we just learn to be skillful, right? Like being that technician of treating patient or whatever uh, specialty expertise you're doing. But we're not really good about getting taught on interpersonal skills, how to build relationships um, to truly say, if I work so hard for my family, do they feel that we're working hard for them? Do they feel like, we're just like, stepping away, having all this dream and goals and actually not spending any time with them, right? And same thing with financial intelligence. What does that mean to feel financially secure um, and not just a paycheck to paycheck? And, and when it comes to physical health, uh, it's not just about the right fitness structure, but what other technologies or ways we can live better and um, so I tap into all different type of topics and interview um, speakers on a weekly basis so it has been great to 
learn from so many people that I would not otherwise have met, right? A virtual world is definitely bring us closer. Uh, have you interviewed people internationally as well as um, here based on, off U.S.? So it's been great. That's good to hear. And you also are international best-selling author of your book entitled Asian Women Who Boss Up. I love the title. Um, <laughs> where, where, where can people find your book? They can go to sabrinarombach.com forward slash boss up. We really truly believe that women in itself, we can show up in so many different ways. And sometimes we feel like you have to be the best mom, the best wife, the best girlfriend, the best daughter. And you don't know how to be you anymore. And success, especially in this book, we have uh, ladies from every single career field. I'm the only one who see medicine, but you have the, the lawyers, accountants, uh, the movie producers, the, uh, the podcast award winners, and uh, nutritionists, chefs, everybody. So you can forge your own path. It doesn't have to be defined by anybody else. And we all had ups and downs in life. And it's okay to be able to face that because, again, everything becomes a lesson. We can learn what we love more about it. And we also know we don't have to focus on what we don't want. And at least we recognized our life can be different and it can be so much better. What is your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? Yeah, I always say that you have to learn the skill and the art of saying no. And in the end of the day, we have to say no to almost everything. Then you can say heck yes to the only things that truly matter and light you up in life. Make sure to check out Sabrina's free gift in the description specifically for my audience. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornary.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.